Welcome back to Overdue. I'm Mrs. Watts, your Annex Librarian. And I'm Coach Hill, your Main Building Librarian. In today's episode, we try something new. I actually had a little bit of a mix-up because, you know, I was reading my last book for Battle of the Books. The, on the VSBA list. Yeah. Needlework by Julia Watts. Okay. Well, our kids are also trying to read this. Yes. Yeah, so um, someone gave an action for it. Yeah. So some, so both of our copies ended up being checked out and I just got it back yesterday. Okay. So, um, I can tell you that like I, I've, I started another book in the meantime to have something to talk about. I'll talk a little bit about both of them. But okay. Needlework, Julia Watts, um, is about a, I think he's 16 year old Cody. He lives in, um, like the holler in Kentucky and with his grandmother who is raising him. And then he has um, a brother who is being raised by his uncle. Um, and so it opens up with them driving to Walmart to get clothes and groceries. And on the corner, they see their mom with a, a sign that says homeless and hungry. And they stop the car and um, grandmother says, get in the car, come eat, like come home, come eat because the grandmother actually just bought her groceries for her refrigerator for the mom's home. So like, it's not true. The mom just, um, Cody talks about how she can't hold a job. She's worked at every restaurant in town, every place in town. So, um, anyway, his mom comes, comes over to the grandmother's house. They have lunch together. Mom's not really eating and just gets a clean shower and, um, and visits with his little brother. But Cody talks about how it's only 20 minutes have gone by and, Mom is already leaving. Like she's bored almost. Uh-huh. Sure. Um, and she's going back home. She's got a friend coming over of what for what he believes is, you know, maybe like having drugs or something like that. Um, and so then it talks about how Cody drives his brother to his uncle's house and um on the way home he stops at Walmart to get like a secret purchase, which is mascara, lipstick, and something else. And um so that's I just really just started it, but it's Cody trying to find beauty in the world in his own way. And he talks a lot about not being the same as the boys in his, in his town who are big, like hunters, football players. Yeah. yeah. And so I think this is going to be a story about, um, just who Cody is and how that's very different from where he lives. Yeah. And also just the dynamic with his mom. Cool. So while I was waiting on needlework, I started another book called Chase the Lion. And so I was looking for like shirts for our kids for Easter. Um, I know it's silly, but I saw a shirt that said, had a picture of a lion that said lion chaser. And I've never seen that before. I was like, what, what does that even mean? And so I had that in my brain and then I'm at the library and I just see this book and I'm like, I'm just going to get it. I'm just going to get it. And, um, on the cover, it says, if your dream doesn't scare you, it's too small. And so this book is by Mark Batterson. And he talks about how the image of a lion like running toward you, your your gut instinct is to run away, obviously. Um, but he takes this into the uh, like realm of our, our dreams for our life. And um, I'm not going to say a whole lot about it, but it it talks about how most of us live life just to arrive like safely at okay. death. Um, 
when our dreams should scare us, they should push us, they should like invigorate us and just lead us to something bigger. And so just taking on challenges with what we want to do with our lives. And so I read something recently that was, that was talking about how, you know, like how we as humans, um, like cope with the fact that we're getting older. Mm -hmm. And so we say, you know, we, we blame a lot of things. Well, I'm getting older, you know, Mm -hmm. my body doesn't work that way anymore and how we're the only, uh, like species that does that because we're the only ones that are aware that we're going to die at some point. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like a protection yes. thing for yourself. Yes. Whereas no other animal uh, right. is aware that it's going to die at some point. That Absolutely. Absolutely. So it's really good. And it just kind of get, it almost gets your blood pumping a little bit like, yeah, sure. like what would my yeah. dream be? Yeah. And um, it's, a, it's honestly, it's nonfiction, but it's exciting to read. Cool. Um. So it's a really cool book, and it's actually from the White House Public Library. So Chase the Lion, Mark Batterson. Um, I'm on the tail end of that and then on the beginning of Needlework. So I'll talk about Needlework again okay. on our next podcast and maybe have um, like another one with it. We'll just yeah. see how the, the next couple of weeks go. Now that I've taken up all that time, what have you read? So if you remember, you know, because we skipped a week of podcast here because of spring break. We did. Um, so I was – finished up just a bunch of YA books and was mm-hmm. ready for a YA break. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I read I read an adult book. Um, I read The Guest List by Lucy Foley. Mm-hmm. This is very much adult. It's not available for checkout in our library Okay. Um, because of just some scenes in it, it, which is a shame because although those scenes add a little bit to the story, mm-hmm. uh, the, the, the premise of the whole plot I think would be really interesting uh, even for high schoolers. Do you think if those scenes were removed from the book, like the story would read this, like, are they essential to the book? I I don't, I think you could still have the novel, but I, without getting into too much uh, yeah. detail yeah. on our high school podcast, yeah. um, they do add a little bit of something to okay. it. Um, so I just, did, I always wonder like, what would it be? But it's definitely for an adult that. audience, yeah. regardless of that. It's definitely for an adult audience. Mm-hmm. But anyways, uh, this story takes place on a remote Island off the coast of Ireland. Um, and it's two people getting married. It's Jules who owns her own like super successful online blog. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's, uh, her soon to be husband, Will, who is the star of a TV show, kind of like survivor man or man vs. wild kind of a thing, like Mm -hmm. a survival show. Um, and they're getting married. They're getting married. Like I said, on this remote Island, uh, off the coast of Ireland. So you find out, uh, pretty early in the novel that, like at the wedding reception that some, somebody has been killed at the wedding. And so throughout the book, it flashes forward to that point a couple of times, but mostly uh, you're reading about the days leading up to the wedding and including Mm -hmm. the wedding from the perspective of Jules, the bride, uh, the plus one, which is her name is Hannah. She is the wife of Charlie, who is like childhood best friends with Jules. Okay. Uh, The best man, Jono, Mm -hmm. uh, who is, Grew up and went to school with Will at a very prestigious, like, like private school. Mm-hmm. Um, the wedding planner, I had to look up how to say her name. It's Aoife. It was like A-O-I-F-E. It's an Irish name. Oh, cool. Uh, and I think I spent half of the book mispronouncing <laughs> it in my head before I finally decided to to Google it. Um, so oh. she and her husband, Freddie, uh, own that island, essentially. And okay. this wedding is like their kickoff event to try to like get them out there. Um, and then I'm just the, thinking like in real life, okay, there was a murder. Yeah. But I think that's probably not going to go. And well, then the but. bridesmaid is Olivia, uh, who is Jules's younger half sister. And so you kind of get the story again, leading up to the wedding and including the wedding from those characters, mostly, mm-hmm. uh, 
you know, changes perspectives every chapter, I guess. Okay. Um, and eventually you do get to the point where, where someone has been found dead. Mm -hmm. Uh, the question is, who is it? Who did it? And then you find out the answers to those questions at the end. I love books that are written like that from different perspectives. Yeah. Especially the one you're like, you're describing. It was a good change of pace for me. I just, you know, I'm I'm back on the YA train now, Mm -hmm. which we'll talk about after the break. Um, but it was just something different. Cool. Uh, one of our teachers called books like this. I think she called it um, like a beach mystery. Yeah. You know, I think of it as like an airport mystery, like yeah. something that you just see on the shelf in an airport that's yeah. sticking out of one of the stores. Cool. Uh, not that, and I don't mean that in any kind of negative way. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just the way that it reads for me. Yeah. Um, but it was fun. You know, it was. Uh, Were you interested in it for like? Did it did it hold your attention? Kind yeah, of thing? I think was so. It exciting. I think yeah. so. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Cool. And it was mostly for me just a nice break in the action, yeah. break in the YA action. Mm-hmm. So uh, we'll tell you about what we're going to read next. Um, but first, we're going to hear a uh, book preview from Ruby Wright, White House High School student. Uh, we will be hearing a preview of Theodore Boone, Kid Lawyer by John Grisham. Um, and Ruby writes that the particular passage that was chosen uh, was chosen because it gives the reader some suspense of the book and lets them know that the book has murder and mystery. My name is Ruby Wright. I'm going to be reading um, a passage and saying a summary of the book Theodore Boone, Killer by John Grisham. There is a big murder trial going on in the small city of Stratenburg. Theodore Boone, a 13-year-old son of two lawyers and a friend to others, has always dreamed of being a lawyer. Well, here is Theo's chance of being even more involved in the law system. Theo learns some valuable information that will prove the suspect is guilty. But what does he lose or gain on the way? What happens during the case and what happens in between? The passage I'm reading is from page 110 and further. He... A little background. He's talking to Julio, one of his friends from school, and that he just went. Julio just went to Theo's office in his parents' building. Then you see the guy who takes care of the course. Yes, Theo played with his father every Saturday morning in this on the Stratenberg multi-course. There were always a few workers, mostly expanding. Now that he thought of it, around the fairways and greens, taking care of things. Which golf course, Theo asked. There were at least three in the area. Out there where the lady was murdered. Waverly Creek? Yes. Theo felt something tighten in his upper chest, a knot of some sort, one that had just formed. Go on, he said, though something told him he should drop this conversation at once, run back into his office and lock the door. You see, he was working on the day of the murder. He was eating lunch, his lunch breaks his lunch break starts at 11.30 and goes to 12. He's very homesick, and on most days, he sneaks away from the others and eats alone. He carries a family photo of his mother, father, and four little brothers, and while he eats, he looks at the photo. It makes him very sad, but it also reminds him of why he's here. He sends them money every month. They are very poor. What does he, where does he eat lunch? Theo asks, but he already had a clue. I don't know about much about golf, but he... Just what he has told me. Fairway and dodlog. You know these words? Sure. Well, my cousin sits, was sitting under some trees in the dodlog 
sort of hiding because his lunch break is the only time he can be alone. And he saw this man in a golf cart going really fast, real fast down the path along the fairway. The man had a set of golf clubs on the back of the cart, but he was not hitting balls. He was in a hurry. Suddenly, he veered to his left and parked the cart near the patio of the house where the lady was murdered. Theo, was holding, who was holding his breath, said, Oh, my gosh. Julio looked at him. Keep going, Theo said. And so this man jumped from the cart, walked to the back door, quickly took off his golf shoes, opened the door, and went inside. The door was not locked, and the man was moving fast, like he knew exactly what he was doing. My cousin didn't think much about this because the people who live out there play golf all the time. But it did seem a little odd that the man took off his shoes on the patio. And he did something else that my cousin thought was strange. What? The man was wearing a white glove on his left hand. This is normal, no? Yes, most right-hand golfers wear a glove on the left hand. That's what my cousin said. So the man was playing golf somewhere and decided to stop by his house. And he forgot to take off his glove. Theo said, maybe, but here's the strange part. After the man took off his shoes and put them by the door, he reached in his pocket, pulled out another glove, and quickly put it on his hand. Two white gloves. Okay, so I said in the intro that we're trying something new. Uh, and really it's kind of two things now that I think of it. One is we're trying to record some video here to mm-hmm. upload to our YouTube channel. So if nothing comes out from this, uh, that's because it didn't work. We have limited options with <laughs> our, with our school sponsored tech. Yeah. And so I'm trying to make it work with that. Right. I think we have a solution, we'll um, see. but it seemed maybe a little bit fuzzy as we were, as we were recording that first part there. So if it comes out, it worked. And if it doesn't come out, I'll try again with something else next time. Hopefully, we'll try to have better hair next time. But the other thing is, we were contacted a while ago um, by, I guess, a manager of an author uh, mm-hmm. asking us if we would read a book and mm-hmm. talk about it on the podcast, and that was a first for us. I didn't know that it we is. had um, many listeners outside of you know the general White House area or our, our family. Our family. I know my mom <laughs> listens. Um, but it was pretty cool. Yeah, it so is. So because of that, uh, I am reading Annie Abbott and the Druid Stones. Uh, by father and daughter team, Isabel and Michael Nelson. I'll talk a little bit more about them in the next episode after I read the book. Um, but that's what I'm reading and it's, it's kind of exciting because it's, you know, it was, we were, we were asked to read it and and talk about it, which is pretty cool. Are you able to say like kind of what genre it is? It's, it appears to be YA fantasy. Okay. I couldn't tell her eyes look super dark. So I'm like, is it like, like, Horror? I'm I'm only I mean you can see her yeah maybe we'll find 15 out the pages one. in yeah uh, but I'm pretty sure it's YA fantasy cool. but I'll I'll know for sure yeah that, uh, next episode that's such a cool opportunity and I'm just being like a family person I'm like oh man father your daughter yeah and I really hope our YouTube thing works out too because to be able to talk about it on the podcast and have a short little YouTube video of that would be pretty cool too yes so awesome. anyways. You're, are you reading anything new or just finishing up? I'm going to, uh, I just got needlework back yesterday. Okay. Um, and I was only a few pages in, so I'm going to focus on that one. Honestly, I love the, the like movies and books, like you described, um, the guest list. So okay. if, if I finish it and have time, I may grab that one. Interesting. And, yeah. Cause I didn't spoil, I didn't spoil the you end didn't, for you. And I'm glad. Sometimes I do uh, once we stop recording. Mm-hmm. I'm not a big like movie person, but, um, movies that are like 
like you've described yeah, that. Yeah, a little front. suspenseful. Mm-hmm, yeah. Like puzzling a little bit. And so. they all, I didn't say it in the first segment, but all of the characters have baggage um, okay. that relate to the plot of the story. Mm-hmm. Um, different, ba- you know, different types of baggage, yeah. but they all have, they're all coming with some kind of backstory here mm-hmm. um, that kind of works in contrast to this beautiful wedding, this right. beautiful expensive wedding mm-hmm. set on the... This remote island, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? It's it's so it's, it was good. Cool, yeah. So I'm gonna stick with needlework by Julia Watts, um, and then if I need something else, else I'm gonna grab the guest list. Cool. So right now it's time for us to check out. Be sure to follow us on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube at BDP underscore Library, and share us with a friend. And don't forget to check back with us every other Wednesday for the next episode of Overdue. Make time to read. Thanks for listening. <laughs>